Welcome to the Let the Truth Be Told podcast with me, Apostle Jennifer Abigail Lawson Wallace. I am the co-founder of Cedars House Christian International, a ministry dedicated to raising believers in Christ. I'm also the founder and international president of Women in Tune, a global army of women faithfully worshiping and serving Jesus Christ. My passion is to teach, train, and disciple men, women, their youth, and leaders to get more intimate with the Lord and serve Him. The aim of this podcast is to bring the truth of God's Word to the body of Christ. Therefore, you can expect in-depth teachings for those who are young in their faith, as well as those who are serious with their Christian walk and want to grow. Be ready to be strengthened, equipped, and empowered in your daily walk with the Lord as you listen to the Let the Truth Be Told podcast. Today we're continuing with our series, Walk About Zion, on Let the Truth Be Told. In the last episode, we began um, to discuss about who we are as the royal priesthood. This is because we are looking at the church, we've been looking at the church, looking at her identity, her mandate, her mission, so that we can rise up and be everything that Jesus wants us to be. The key scripture we've been looking at in this series, uh, which we've called Walk About Zion, it's from Psalm 48, verses 12 to 14, which says, Walk about Zion and go all around her, count her towers, mark well her bulwarks, consider her palaces, that you may tell it to the generation following. For this is God, our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even to death. Amen. And from this scripture, we've explored the various aspects of who the church is, her mandate, her mission. And uh, we're now looking at the church as the royal priesthood and how she's to function on earth as such. We are the royal priesthood. Like we discussed in the previous episode, the church is God's kingdom and nation of kings and priests on the earth. In order to fulfill her purpose, mandate, and mission, the church must function and operate as a royal priesthood, that is kings and priests on the earth. And this is something we realize that we need to discover and understand so that we can operate as such. I want to reiterate something I said in the last episode. The royal priesthood is not divided. The church is not divided in functioning as the royal priesthood. That some believers are kings, others are priests. That's a false teaching. Every believer is a king and priest. Hallelujah. That is the true representation of Jesus Christ in the believer's life. Jesus Christ is king and priest after the order of Melchizedek. And we are also kings and priests. And we need to understand what it means to be a priest and what it means to be a king. We are focusing on what it means to be a king in this episode. We are kings on the earth. Who is a king? A king is a ruler or a monarch or a sovereign. We know that. The minute you say king, you know that this is somebody who rules. This is a monarch. But I like a definition, somebody's definition. And this person said, a king is a person who is mandated constitutionally 
to rule over people. Somebody who is mandated constitutionally to rule over people is a person who has been given the instruments of power to reign. We have been mandated by God to carry the scepter of Jesus Christ. I'll come to that, to rule in the midst of his enemies. So a king is somebody who rules. Kings establish government. Kings exercise authority and power. Kings go to war and kings wage battles to establish enlarge or protect their kingdoms. These days, the role of a king is really not what it used to be. But the initial role, the original role of a king is what I'm describing. And that is the role of the church. Because Jesus himself, he is king. Not only is he king, he is king of kings. And he has made us kings on the earth to serve the purpose of heaven. Hallelujah. Now I want to us to go back to the beginning, to the book of Genesis. Genesis shows us that God's plan has always been that man would walk in relationship with him. That's our priesthood. Man would always minister to God. But God also created man to exercise dominion on the earth. Man was created to rule, dominate, and maintain the earth. In Genesis chapter 1, verses 27 to 28, it says, So God created man in his image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. This scripture shows us that right from the beginning, man was mandated to rule on the earth. Man was given the authority from God himself to act as king over the earth, to maintain it, to subdue it, and to multiply, to grow on the surface of the earth. Psalm 8 seemed to agree with that. So let's turn to Psalm 8. We'll read from verses 4 to 8. It says, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels and you have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep, all oxen, even the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea that pass through the paths of the sea. Wow. This is man. God has put everything under man, at least in the beginning, before man sinned. Man was given authority to have dominion over the entire earth and what God has put on it. Psalm 115 verse 16 tells us that the heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. We were created to rule. But although God created humanity, and by humanity I mean both male and female, although God created men and women to rule the earth and exercise dominion over it, they could only do so by their relationship, through their relationship with God and their dependence on Him. If that relationship broke, they would lose their authority. Hallelujah. Therefore, 
when Adam and Eve fell, man lost the place and position on the earth. And the authority and power to rule was broken. Hallelujah. You can only exercise authority when you yourself are walking under authority. Praise God, through Jesus Christ, what man lost has been purchased back. Jesus Christ, having paid the full price for sin, has taken back the authority and power. And through him, humanity can assume their position of authority on the earth once again. Through Jesus Christ, we have been given an inheritance as the kingdom of God. And we've been mandated by God to rule and exercise dominion over the earth again. This is what makes us kings to our God. That in Christ Jesus, we have been mandated to rule and have dominion over the earth. When we say rule, it doesn't mean that, you know, some people think, oh, I am the boss. I am this. I am. No, 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 no. It means that we are exercising an authority to bring righteousness on the earth. Exercising an authority to bend the will of the people towards peace. Hallelujah. That the people will have joy. Revelations chapter 1. Verse 5, the second part of verse 5 to verse 6. It says, To him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ has made us kings and priests to our God. Amen. Now, I want us to understand something and uh, that it is through the gospel that our dominion will be established. It is important that we know and understand what it means to be kings and how to operate as kings on the earth. Let's go to Psalm 110 and I'll read from verses 1 and 2 to help us understand. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. The Lord will extend your powerful kingdom from Jerusalem. You will rule over your enemies. Praise God for that scripture. Other versions says that the Lord will stretch his scepter out of Zion. The scepter is a symbol of the kingdom. What is the scepter of Jesus Christ? When Jesus rose up and went on high back into heaven, he was given a place of honor at the right hand of the Father. And David prophesied even before it happened in this psalm that the Lord said to my Lord, sit at the place of honor at my right hand until I, the Father, will make your enemies your footstool. And then the Father promised him that out of Zion, and we've established that Zion is the church, out of the church, he will stretch forth the scepter of Jesus Christ. He will extend the kingdom of Jesus Christ and cause him to rule in the midst of his enemies. It is through the church that Jesus Christ rules in the midst of the works of darkness. The scepter originated from the idea that a ruler was a shepherd 
that the king was a shepherd. And through the church, the father is stretching forth the scepter of Jesus Christ over all humanity. I'm always reminded of Esther, the book of Esther, when Mordecai spoke to Esther. And Esther sent a message to Mordecai saying that no one can approach the king except the one to whom the king stretches his scepter. No one can approach God unless the one to whom God stretches his scepter. And so God is stretching the scepter of Christ to all humanity. That scepter is the gospel of Jesus Christ. God is extending the good news of the kingdom to all through the church. As kings, the church has been given the authority and power to preach and publish, proclaim the, the gospel, and extend the kingdom. Hallelujah. Through the gospel, we are to extend the kingdom. In Matthew 16, verse 19, Jesus said to us, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth, will be bound in heaven and whatever you lose on the earth will be loosed in heaven that is the level of authority we have been given to determine what happens on the earth oh that the church would come to the full realization of this truth and rise up as kings in the power of the spirit to fulfill our kingdom mandate to bring righteousness peace and joy on the earth we shall continue this teaching in the next episode of Let the Truth Be Told. I hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and perhaps even challenged by this message. You may also watch teachings related to this message and other topics on my Let the Truth Be Told YouTube channel, which you can subscribe to. I'd love to hear from you, so please do sign up to our email list at letthetruthbetold at cedarshouse.org and subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss an episode. To find out more about me, Jennifer Abigail Lawson Wallace, our ministry and the work we do, visit our websites, womenintune.org, quiverprayermovement.org and cedarshouse.org. You may join our community on social media and engage with us there. This podcast was sponsored by Sublime Gifts, home of elegant, bespoke Christian gifts, from personalized cards and cushions to devotionals and luxury picture frames. Please do remember to visit their website, sublimegiftsuk.com. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to download and listen to the podcast. God bless you.